independent media is more important than ever. We don't have a corporate network behind us, and we also don't have big green foundation grants. So we really do need you, and we are actively calling in your direct support so that we can continue exploring many of these topics and perspectives, often sidelined by mainstream media. If you're enjoying our show, please make sure you're subscribed and join us on Patreon today, starting at a tip of just $3 at patreon.com slash green dreamer. Every little bit helps and really adds up. And that is the power in community. So thank you so much for however you're able to support our work. You know, something that you're going to use once for, for a few minutes, but then it's going to stick around for hundreds of years. It, it just... It just doesn't make sense when there are other options out there. How can you go from having an ecopreneurial idea, especially something that hasn't been done, to bringing it to life? What do we need to really tackle the issue of plastic pollution all around the world? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. Just a quick reminder, if you want to receive weekly highlights from the podcast as a leisurely quick read on Sundays, you can sign up at greendreamer.com. I hope to connect with you there. And for now, to our episode, let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Our guest today is the co-founder of Plain Products, which is an innovative eco hair and skincare brand whose products help to fight plastic pollution, and support zero-waste living. Essentially, their products are bottled in aluminum, and they take back all empty bottles to sanitize and reuse. You'll hear the co-founder explain more about how this works in our conversation shortly. But for now, starting off with what inspired her to make it a mission to tackle uh, the plastic crisis we have today, here's Lindsay McCoy. I came into this world from the nonprofit side, actually. I have been working, um, or I worked in the nonprofit field for 20 years. Um, the last 10, I was actually living in the Bahamas. My husband is born and raised from the Bahamas. Um, we moved there, and I ended up working in environmental education. And, you know, when you're living in a, a small country like that, the plastic problem without, um, the first world infrastructure to make it disappear becomes so much more apparent so much more quickly. And so I started trying to use less plastic in my own life. And that led me to trying to find ways to have less plastic in the bathroom. And I couldn't find any solutions that worked for me. And so I ended up starting a company, both to solve my own problem and hopefully to help others have an easy way to have great quality products without a lot of plastic. Was there one moment when you're like, oh my God, this has to stop? Or, you know, I think it was a, a lot of small moments for sure of just frustration. But I distinctly remember being in the shower and, you know, looking at all the plastic bottles around me and being like, this is crazy that all of these bottles that I use once are just going to go sit in a landfill for thousands of years or end up in the ocean or, you know, causing problems. I, I don't want to be doing this anymore. What can I do? Yeah. And there's a difference between thinking about an idea and actually doing it. So what motivated you to actually take action and realize this vision you had? 
Well, first, it was good timing. Um, we had been talking about leaving the Bahamas and moving back to the States, which meant I was going to be changing careers anyway. I was wrapping up some some nonprofit projects that I had and, and trying to decide what to do next. So the timing was right. Um, I called my sister and convinced her to do it with me because we have very complementary skills. Um, I like to keep things moving forward, and she is a perfectionist. <laughs> so she um, ensured that we had a really quality product product and um, labeling and all of that. I mean, I probably would have gone with the first um, producer that I that we tried, and she was like, nope, this isn't good enough, and she made me go through six. And I'm so glad that she did um, because I love our product, but you know, if, if I hadn't had her and, and she hadn't had me, we definitely would not be where we were, are today. Yeah. What's been the most difficult part about being a pioneer? Because you guys essentially are doing something that no one's <laughs> no one's ever done before. Um, the great thing about, you know, small businesses kind of blossoming all around the world is that there are lots of templates and websites and things that make it easier for you to do it. The hard thing about doing something new is those templates never quite work for you. <laughs> so we, um, part of the reason that it took us two years to launch is we had to keep tweaking things and, and we hit so many roadblocks. Um, you know, it took a long time before we found a manufacturer who was willing to talk about refilling bottles just because no one had done it before. Um, you know, everybody kind of just wants you to do the same thing that everybody else is doing. So it took a lot of time, a lot of perseverance, a lot of problem solving um, to be able to start something new. Mm -hmm. If you were to go back to day one, you and your sister decided we're going to do this, what would you do differently or what would you focus most of your efforts on? If we were going back, I think I would just probably start with a different mindset. I, you know, thought this would all happen much quicker than it, it did happen. And I was impatient at a lot of different points throughout it. And I think I would have hopefully kind of gone into it just knowing it was going to take a long time and save myself some heartache and stress of trying to push things along faster than they were just meant to happen. Mm -hmm. So keeping in mind that it's a learning journey. Oh, it is a it is a continual learning journey. I mean, still, still we're learning and changing and tweaking and things aren't quite right. And how do we fix this and solve this? And I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I think that is part of what being an entrepreneur is, is just constant problem solving and adapting. And, you know, when something's not working out the way you thought it was going to being able to say, okay, and let go of that and figure out how to, how to adjust. Yeah. What's been one of those things that just didn't work out the way you wanted it to? And what did you do about it? Um, well, we originally were going to use these adorable stainless steel mason jars. Um, they just had such a fun, different look to them. And they rusted, which was awful. It turned out that we just couldn't afford or get the quality steel that we needed to not rust. So we had a very expensive le less learning lesson in what stainless steel actually means and how many different types of it there are. So we ended up switching over to aluminum, which has worked out well. It dents a little bit easier than the stainless, but it's a little bit lighter, but it's been great. We haven't had any problems with it rusting, but that was, it was a dark day when we realized that, that the jars had rust on them. Yeah. Okay. So you had the products ready, aluminum. How did you then get the word out there and raise awareness for this new product that you had? Well, we've been super lucky. Uh, the blogging community has really embraced us. People like yourself, um, we reached out to in the, in the zero waste and the vegan and the green beauty 
um, arenas and offered to send product and just let people check it out. And, and luckily, because my sister was such a taskmaster and um, finding really good products, people have loved it. So it was, again, well worth the time invested. But um, I think people have appreciated that we're that we're doing this to try and solve a problem. And, you know, we're not just in this to add one more product to a, to a shelf. Yeah. So I think you touched on this, but really just reaching out to people in the community who believe in the same things, who are on the same mission as you are to green the world. And that's really helped. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we would not, there's no question we would not be where we are today without the support of, of, you know, as I said, people like yourself who already had followings and who were willing to sort of help spread the word. Um, You know, I ended up, taking all of that time in which I was frustrated that we didn't have a business yet, doing a lot of research and starting relationships and reaching out to people and talking to them and and all of that time served us well once we got up and running. We had already spent, you know, laid a lot of the groundwork. I already had spreadsheets of people that I wanted to talk to and, and send products to. So, yeah. What have you learned to be key to building these relationships? Um, both, you know, doing your homework, you know, making sure that the people that you're reaching out to make sense, um, personalizing those contacts, taking the time to, you know, see what someone's actually writing about, um, having checked out their blog and making sure that you're a good fit, um, being open to their questions. You know, we do our best to be completely transparent. So when people ask us questions, if I don't know the answer, I, I admit that and, and look into it. You know, people have given us feedback that we've taken and we've changed things. So I view our customers and, you know, the people that we work with the same way I treated donors when I worked for a nonprofit. I mean, I feel like, you know, everybody is a stakeholder and I really try and value and listen to people when they talk to me about what we're doing and what they think. Mm -hmm. What do you think usually holds people back from trying plain products out? Because it's essentially a new way of looking at our disposable shampoo and self-care products. Yeah, I, I guess we haven't even really talked about what <laughs> what it is we're doing. So we offer um, vegan, toxin-free personal care products in aluminum bottles. Um, and so you order the products. It comes with a pump. When you're running low, you can subscribe or just come back and order a refill. And we send a, an identical bottle, but you switch the pump over. With that refill bottle comes a return label. You put the empty bottles in that box, stick the return label on the outside, and send it back to us for free, and we wash them, refill them, and reuse them. So I found that people who are already either thinking about what the products are or what the chemicals are in their product and are concerned about it or people who are already actively trying to use less plastic in their life are thrilled when they hear about our products and are on board. You know, somebody who doesn't understand why they – you know, what the problem with plastic is, is probably not going to jump on the bandwagon immediately. Mm. And what do you do to help these people hop on or invite them into the conversation? You know, probably because of my background, I say that a huge part of what we're trying to do is just raise awareness. So a lot of the posting and blogging and, and things that I do are just talking about, you know, the fact that there could be more plastic than fish in the ocean by 2050 unless we start doing things differently that, you know, every piece of plastic that ever has been made still exists out there in the world. I mean, there are these, these statistics that when you start to hear them and you start to think about the reality um, can change your worldview and can change some of the decisions that you make. And, you know, the, the thing about plastic is that it's a problem that we can actually do something about. 
I mean, we have so many crazy, huge problems that are overwhelming, but, but this, we can just buy different stuff. We can just use less of it. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a problem that we can get a handle on if people just choose to be a little bit more conscious about their, their purchases. Mm -hmm. What's been one of those shocking findings for you about plastic that shocked you and is kind of, um, something that you can tell someone who's totally new to plastic pollution and really just shocks them too? Well, yesterday I saw that um, a new study was done that said 95% of the plastic water bottles that you pick up at the store have microplastics in them. <laughs> I just heard that today too. Um, That's yeah, crazy. It, it is crazy. And in fact, two of the com it, my favorite quote from the article was, two companies disputed the study saying there weren't that many microplastics in their bottles. <laughs> so, you know. That's a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, to me, it, it is crazy both how ubiquitous plastic has become, but also that we've gotten into such a disposable mindset. I mean, I think I saw a, a thing somewhere on the internet that said, you know, when did it become easier to extract oil from the ground, turn it into plastic, mold a spoon, ship a spoon, buy a plastic spoon, use it once and throw it away than to just wash a spoon. Mm. And I was like, oh. That makes you question what? everything. It, it, it does. I mean, you know, you've just gotten into this mindset of I should just use it and throw it away. Like, why not? Instead of thinking about, oh, how can I reuse this or how can I institute things in my life so I'm not constantly just using things once and throw them away. And once you, you start to think about it, I mean, it's not that hard. You just kind of have to be a little bit more prepared and be a little bit more thoughtful, which honestly isn't a bad thing in this world anyway. I mean, we could all slow down a little bit more here and there. And I mean, I feel like it's not even a lot more work to just wash a spoon. How do you think we can change this mindset? Because I feel like we've kind of been brainwashed to think that disposable things are more convenient than reusable ones, but they really don't take any less time. No, they don't. And I think we have honestly been brainwashed. I mean, I think that successful advertising to think, oh, we're wealthy enough to have convenience. So we should have convenience instead of stepping back and saying, does this make sense for us, for the planet, for sustainability? I mean, you know, we're using a non-renewable resource, oil, to create these things, and then they don't go away. So, you know, plastic in a car, yeah, that makes sense. At least it's going to be around for 20, 30 years. You know, I, I, I don't disagree with that. But, you know, something that you're going to use once for, for a few minutes, but then it's going to stick around for hundreds of years, it, it just... It just doesn't make sense when there are other, you know, options out there. Single-use plastic doesn't make sense. Single-use plastic does not make sense. And that's, you know, I, I should be clear that um, both I'm not against plastic, period. My, my main issue is with single-use plastic. And secondly, my motto is progress, not perfection. I mean, the, I'm a mom. There are days when my son forgets his water bottle and we have to buy a Gatorade on the way to soccer practice because that's just the way – it went that day. I am not by far perfect. I mean, you know, life happens, but I do believe that every time we successfully don't use plastic, it's a win. And you never know, you know, that time that you skip a bag at a store or stick a metal straw in a, in a drink when somebody else is going to see that and it's going to start a thought process on their part about, huh, 
maybe I could do that or, or why are they doing that or, you know, start a conversation. And, and again, you know, for me, this is about starting those conversations and just trying to help people start to see the world a little bit differently. For sure. Well, for plain products, I'm sure you get a lot of people hoping for a cheaper price tag, but there are very valid reasons why your products have to be more expensive than others wrapped in single-use disposable plastic, and also because you actually ship the empty bottles back and get them sanitized for reuse. What have you found to be the most effective way in communicating the value of your products and not letting the price tag deter people? I totally get that. I mean, this is well more than I have ever paid for shampoo in my life. Um, You know, I also, I'm not a product person, so um, I think I was doing terrible things to my hair for a really long time. So there's a few different pieces. I mean, one, just from the the vegan organic ingredients, it is more expensive to have really good ingredients in your product. Most of the mainstream shampoos that are super cheap, their main ingredient is water. So you need a lot more of them, a lot more of, of the product for it to be effective. I mean, our 16-ounce bottles are lasting some people six months because you know, it's really just concentrated good stuff. And we weren't trying to be sneaky. We put a really small pump on it. So you just get as much product as you need. I mean, there are plenty of shampoos out there that, you know, you end up with handfuls of the product, the way they make you flip it upside down and squeeze it out. So both in that it's a quality product um, and you don't need much of it. And that, I mean, Amazon, for better or for worse, has ruined the world for shipping. So no one wants to pay for shipping anymore. I'm, I'm one of those people. So these bottles are heavy. We're shipping them all over the country. Right now we're a small company, so we can't um, compete with some of the larger companies for shipping costs. Hopefully that is going to change as we grow and we'll be able to pass those savings on to our customers. Mm -hmm. I think a big part of sustainability itself is definitely about buying less and buying better. And a lot of times that buying better means choosing better made products that are more expensive. How do you think we can retrain ourselves and help mainstream consumers be okay and want to pay more for less quantity, but more quality? I think conversations like this are important. I saw, again, something one day that said, instead of asking why organic food is so expensive, maybe we should be asking why non-organic food is so cheap. Mm. And, you know, that to me kind of struck something of, you know, what am, what do I value? Do I value, you know, somebody taking the time to grow something without chemicals in a more sustainable way? And am I willing to support that? In our case, it's more expensive for us to take responsibility for our packaging. I mean, you know, the bottles are more expensive than plastic bottles. The shipping is more expensive because they're heavier. And then we, as you said, pay to have the bottles come back to us and we reuse them. That's not a a cheap way to do business, but for us, it's a responsible way to do business. And hopefully the service of having, not having to feel bad about, you know, the waste that you're creating and, and taking some comfort and knowing that you're using a good circular model has a value. Yeah, I think a lot of the issues arise when these supply chains became so complex and not transparent, so people don't really understand the value in products. So with you, you're showing the entire process. People know, people understand why it's more expensive because they know what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, and as I said, I mean, we've we've tried to be really transparent about that. I mean, I'm happy to, to talk to people about what their, what their actual shipping costs are versus what they're paying. You know, we are for sure, sadly, not in this to to get rich. <laughs> We're not going to, but we do need to make enough to continue buying products and, and stay in business. For sure. 
What do you think the world needs right now for us to all be able to cut down on single-use plastic more quickly? To beat that statistic about more plastic than fish in the ocean. I, I hope we can. I mean, I do think awareness is a huge part of it. I think it's showing up more and more in the media, which I never know if that's just because I'm following certain channels. I'm hoping other people are seeing it as well. Um, but also a sense of of hope about it. I think oftentimes with environmental issues, people start to get concerned and feel guilty and they just shut down. Um, you know, just, I can't think about that. I can't deal with that. And, and I really hope that as, as we've been talking about that, that these, some of these changes are pretty easy and they're not scary and they're not hard. You just have to take a little bit more time and, and think about them. So I think the key for many of the problems that we face this day, as I said, is sort of trying to slow down and trying to be a little bit more intentional. You know, um, I, I, I am a perfect example of that. I, I tend to multitask and all of a sudden I've got to run out of the house. And so I, I need to remember to fill up my water bottle and bring it with me. I need to remember to grab my bags. Um, and I try. <laughs> and often I'm successful and sometimes I'm not. Yeah, well, whatever you're doing, it seems to be working. I heard some really impressive numbers from your interview with Megan Percy on Kiss That World podcast. So by now, how many plastic bottles do you estimate Plain Products having saved? We are about at 12,000 in just about a year. That's so amazing. Yeah, it's so exciting. And um, it makes me so happy. And we're working really hard right now to to maybe to to develop more wholesale relationships so that we can cut down on the shipping and people can pop into their neighborhood store. And it's more again, more of a bottle exchange program than a refill model program. But um, for me, trying to get that shampoo bottle out of my shower and to a store to refill it on the day I need it um, and get it back into the shower just doesn't always work. So I'm hoping other people will appreciate being able to pick up a refill bottle whenever they need it and just return the empty whenever they're done with it. For sure. So it's been a long learning journey for you and still ongoing. (laughs) Continual. (laughs) Continual, always learning. What do you think is like your biggest learning lesson from just the first idea popped into your mind to where you are now? Um, the devil is in the details. <laughs> um, you know, the, the supply chain piece is so much harder than I expected it to be. And I thought once we got it figured out, we were just good. And it is not the case. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's just a continual effort um, of managing that and trying to figure out, you know, when to reorder and you think you know what your order cycle is and then you don't. So... It's, it's hard. I mean, it's, you know, if it, I guess if it were easy, everybody would be doing it, but it is, it is much harder than you think it's going to be. And, you know, websites are work and they come up and they go down. And luckily people have been <laughs> very kind and patient when we have had problems, but it's, it's, you know, it's just a lot of work, but it, it is good. And it, it's so rewarding when people say, Oh, I'm so excited. I found you guys, or thank you so much for doing this. I mean, it makes it all worthwhile. So the learning lesson is to recognize that it will always be a learning journey. Yeah, well, and to just, you know, it's, I think it's like having a kid. I mean, once you figure something out, it changes. So, yeah, perseverance and patience are, adaptability are, are key. And just to just hang in there. I mean, I think a lot of people give up too soon. Yeah. What's your dream for plain products? My dream is to have a giant array of products so that no one has to have a plastic bottle in their bathroom 
um, or maybe even under their sink. I'd love to see cleaning products someday and to be, you know, in stores all over the country. You know, again, I, I came at this from the nonprofit side to try and solve a problem. And I said to somebody the other day, I'm only going to be successful in solving that problem if this business is successful. So I've got double motivation going. Well, I hope your dream comes true because I would love that. What, what's something that's upcoming with clean products that we can look forward to? We should be adding this summer face wash and face moisturizer to our line of products. So I am super excited about that. It's two more plastic bottles that, that we can get rid of. Um, we had a poll on our site and we asked what people wanted to see. And we had a lot of conversations about some products are easier to make at home and, and some products are harder. And we overwhelmingly heard that face wash and face um, moisturizer were two trickier things to make. Um, they both have a vitamin C base, so there's a lot of anti-aging and, and free radical things that we can address with them. They're amazing products. Uh, our manufacturer is, is so incredible. They work miracles with natural ingredients. So I, I think everybody is going to be really excited. Yay, I'm super excited. We're really getting closer to your dream coming true. So yes, I'm super yes. excited about that. Um, where can we find you? Where can we find Plain Products online and on social media to follow this journey? So my sister and I founded Plain Products. Our maiden name is actually Della Plain, which is part of where the name came from. So it's P-L-A-I-N-E products. So you can find us online at plainproducts.com, on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram, all of them at Plain Products. Before we go into our final five, just a quick note. If you know some friends who are trying to reduce their waste or have passion projects focused on tackling plastic waste, please send this episode to them. It always inspires me personally to hear about amazing things that other people are doing in sustainability. So I hope that this can also provide some light and motivation to your friends as well, like all the possibilities and opportunities to take on within the field. It's very exciting. And now on to our final five and my key takeaway. Anyways, let's power through. What's one social media account or publication you follow that really inspires you? I am a big fan of going zero waste and zero waste nerd. And a lot of those, um, there's a lot of great uh, people out there that have so many wonderful ideas for ways to get plastic out of your life. Um, so I constantly look to them for inspiration um, and things that I can do or things that we can share with other people just to try and make it all a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. What do you tell yourself to stay motivated? <laughs> that I'm making a difference. You know, I mean, I think that um, it would be hard for me to be in business if we were just selling things to sell them. I try and remind myself that, you know, there's there is a mission and a motivation and that we are providing a service to people and that people are excited to have a way to use less plastic and to get good quality products. So, mm -hmm. What's one action we can try out this week for our planet's health? Skip something single-use plastic just once. Say no to a straw, skip a bag, take a reusable bag with you, You know, refill a water bottle instead of buying a plastic water bottle. Um, buy a reusable water bottle if you don't have one and try and start carrying it around. Or I have a cool mason jar in front of me with a straw that I just keep on my desk. There's a lot of, of fun, interesting things out there that you could try out that um, allow you to reuse products instead of using them once and throwing them away. 
Yeah, start simple and then try out plain products when you get to it. Yes, there you go. Work your way up. <laughs> what makes you most hopeful for our planet right now? I think seeing all the youth activism that's been going on makes me hopeful. You know, there's around the world a lot of, uh, I, I see a lot of the younger generation that just thinks that we're insane, the things that we've done to the planet, and they're totally right. Um, and they are just not accepting things the way they are. And I love seeing the, the questioning of the reality. It is crazy, a lot of the things that we do. Mm -hmm. Rethinking this brainwashing that's been happening. <laughs> it is. I, it is. I think we've unfortunately very all been brainwashed by corporations who are just in it to make money. And you really have to step back and, and take that fresh perspective of why do I want to buy this? Why do I think I need this? It turns out we don't need that much <laughs> when you really get down to it. And it's not, again, you know, not just from an environmental, I mean, even from a cost-saving perspective. You know, if you start drinking tap water, you're going to save a lot of money not drinking bottled water. For sure. Well, what final words of wisdom do you have for us as Green Dreamers? Um, persistence. And then I guess just that also progress versus perfection. Um, you know, my sister and I keep saying we agree that I would have launched too soon, but she also agrees she never would have launched because <laughs> she wanted everything to be completely perfect and fully functional and, you know, unfortunately, that is very hard to achieve. I mean, our website continues to be a work in progress. Our products continue to be a work in progress. So I think there is a point at which you just have to put something out there into the world and then just decide that you're going to keep working on it. So um, I encourage those people who have put, you know, time and thought and effort and energy to just put something out there and, and give it a try and let people respond to it and be willing to take that you know, those criticisms, feedback, whatever, and incorporate it into making it better for the future. Just get started. Green Dreamer, here are my two takeaways from the episode. Number one, again, just get started. I'm a perfectionist myself, so I know how paralyzing it can be to feel like you're not ready yet. Uh, like, it could be better. Like, um, what are people going to think if I just put it out there now when it could be better? Even producing this podcast and getting it out into the world for me, I totally embarrassed myself with a very awkward sounding introduction for the entire first week until I got enough feedback to lead me to decide to change it to something else. And there are other things too that I'm still working on to improve. But the, the most powerful improvements, I feel like, come from us just putting something out there first and then listening hard for feedback on what we can do to improve. So whatever you're working on, don't be afraid to just test the waters, put something out there, and then listen for feedback. Number two, awareness is everything, and sometimes that alone can inspire action. A lot of what's helped Plain Products to grow is just the team helping to spread awareness on plastic pollution. And once people become aware of a problem, it's hard to unknow it. And people almost immediately want to know what they can do because it's uncomfortable to think about issues without being able to take some sort of action on them. So just keep talking about things you're passionate about in sustainability because you are inspiring change just by talking about them and planting these seeds in other people's heads. And there, that's a wrap for this episode. Find the show notes with links and resources at greendreamer.com. Share your takeaways and feedback with me at Kamea Shane on Instagram or email hello at greendreamer.com. 
I love hearing from you. It really helps me to know what you like, what helps you most, and improve the listening experience for you. So I appreciate it if you do get a moment to come say hey. And finally, just remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and Green Dreamer, I will catch you later.